This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. Enjoy listening to the LJS podcast? Don't keep it to yourself. Leave a review on iTunes and share your favorite episode with a friend. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Brent, and you're listening to the LJS podcast. This is the podcast where you get weekly jazz tips interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Whether you're listening from our home base on learnjazzstandards.com, iTunes, YouTube, or anywhere you're listening from around the world, welcome. And on today's episode 58, I'm going to be talking about how triads can help improve your jazz improvisation, how triads can help improve your jazz improvisation. I'm going to go into further detail on that in today's show. But with this topic today comes a really big announcement. I've been talking to you for weeks now, which I appreciate you putting up with, about our brand new ebook, Zero to Improv, and it has officially been released. Now, if you've been subscribed to our newsletter, you already know that. And uh, maybe some others of you know as well outside of that, but this is the official podcast announcement. Our ebook Zero to Improv is officially out there, and you can check that out at zero to improv.com. Zero to improv.com. Now, our ebook, Zero to Improv, it's our flagship ebook. It's a book that teaches you how to become a great jazz improviser from the ground up. No stone is left unturned. Now, it's not your ordinary music book, Zero to Improv. It calls you to action. It's packed full of improv and jazz theory lessons. You'll start from the beginning and build up all the skills and knowledge you need. Uh, There's audio examples to accompany every bit of music notation in the book, and versions are available for C, B-flat, E-flat, and bass clef instruments, and it's really a book designed for all skill levels. So please go check out our new ebook, Zero to Improv. You can find that at Zero to Improv dot com really excited to announce this special news to you that means it's time for our segment of ask lgs if you've never listened to the show before what ask lgs is is listeners like you can call into our podcast questions hotline leave a voicemail with a jazz question and it could be answered on a future lgs podcast episode in order to call our podcast hotline call 910 910- LJS cast or 910-557-2278. Let's take this week's listener's question. Hi, this is Hannah. I'm calling from suburbs of Atlanta, Georgia. I have one simple question. How do you find yourself to be a better player and how do you find your style when it comes to playing jazz and other styles of music? Thank you. Hey, thanks so much for calling the LGS Podcast Hotline. Really appreciate it. I'm so sorry that I missed your name up front, so I apologize for not using your name, but thanks for calling in from Atlanta, Georgia. 
Now, if I understand your question correctly, hopefully I got your original intent correct, is that you're asking me how has jazz uh, improved my style and helped me with playing other styles of music? And the answer to that is uh, it's helped a lot. You know, when I play other styles of music, I feel like I have a lot to draw from. I feel like it's definitely influenced uh, my playing of other styles of music. And the reason it has is because jazz is kind of a demanding music as far as just understanding it, right? There's a lot of jazz theory in there. There's a lot of music theory you have to know about. Uh, There's a certain level of technique you need to have. Uh, There's a certain level of sort of mastering your instrument that you need to attain. You have to really explore your instrument a lot. Um, And so jazz just requires a lot of that. So by studying jazz, uh, by studying its rich harmony, there's so much rich harmony in it, it's really helped me to understand how to play other styles of music better. Not necessarily stylistically, but just having the tools in my tool chest in order to start attacking that stuff. And actually, in episode, uh, way back in episode 20, we had a special guest on, Nathaniel Schroeder, and we talked about this. We talked about how studying jazz can make you a better musician, and vice versa, how studying other styles of music can help you be a better jazz player. So I highly suggest to anyone who uh, maybe is coming outside of the jazz realm and isn't quite familiar with jazz, but they're interested in it, that to, to try studying some jazz because it can actually help your your playing of whatever of the main style of music that you play already. So jazz just has a lot to it. It can really help you become a better musician in general. Totally worth your time. So I hope that answered your question. Now, if you'd like to ask a question alongside on the LJS podcast, 910-LJSCAST, or it's 910-557-2278. All right, let's get on to today's topic. All right, today's topic is all about triads and how they can actually help your jazz improvisation. And today's lesson, it comes straight out of our new ebook, Zero to Improv. We're just going to do a little snippet on this today. There's really a lot more depth that's gone into it in the ebook. Now, today's show has a lot of musical examples I'm going to be referring to it it's kind of stuff you have to think about so it could be helpful to look at it so you may want to go to the show notes today you can go to the show notes by going to learnjazzstandards.com podcast in the top menu and find this episode 58 you'll have the musical examples there now if you're just in the car listening to this on your way to work or if you're in the gym working out no worries just listen in Uh, you're still going to get a lot out of this today and if you want you can go to the show notes later. Okay, so first of all, I I like to make sure that uh, I know there's a lot of different skill levels and people of different levels musically listening to this show, so I always like to start with the basics, make sure everybody's on the same page. So let's first define what is a triad, okay? That's a super important question to ask. So what's a triad? Here's your definition. A triad is what I call the foundation of any chord. So a more textbook definition would be a set of three notes that can be stacked in thirds. Okay, so the basic formula for a, for a triad would be the root of the chord, the third, or the fifth. Now, the third and the fifth, they're going to be altered depending on the quality. So, uh, a major triad, it's, it's the root, it's the major third, and it's the fifth, right? So, now in the key of C, in the key of concert C, that would be C, E is the third, and G is the fifth. Now, there's four main kinds of triads you need to know about. 
That's the major triad, the one I just spelled out for you. The minor triad, which is the same as the major, but it has a flatted third. So it'd be C, E flat, G. And then you got the augmented triad, which is the same as the major triad, except for it has a sharp five. So it'd be C, E, and then G sharp to make it augmented. And then you have the diminished triad. Now the diminished triad, it's the same as the minor triad, but it's got a flat five. So it's C, E flat, E flat is the flat third, and then G flat, G flat is the flatted fifth. Those are the triads you need to know. And just to quickly touch base, if you don't know what these numbers mean, they're coming from the scale tones of, of, of the appropriate scale. So for the major scale, you have C, D, E, F, G, A, B, right? And that's root, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh. And then you can repeat the root again. And that's where I'm drawing those, those scale tones from. Now, how do we use triads to help us become a better improviser? There are two obstacles that I find a lot of musicians face with improvisation. Now, number one, it's they have issues navigating their instrument completely competently, meaning that there's kind of some gray areas, there's some fog around their instrument. They're not able to navigate it the way they they completely would want to, which is important if you're going to improvise because improvisation, it's the top of the mind. It's playing what you're hearing. And so if you're not able to navigate your instrument fully competently, it can kind of hold you back and, and put up some serious limitations on what you're able to actually do in your improvisation. Now, number two is a big question that people have is how do I connect chords together? You know, they're not able to connect chords together in a, in a logical way. You know, especially in jazz, there's a lot of harmonic movement. There's a lot of chords going by. How do I get those to go together? How do I make those sounds come out in my solos? Now, in the ebook Zero to Improv, we do a series of exercises uh, through all the different kinds of triads and seventh chords. Today, we're just going to focus on triads, and we're going to go over some of those exercises. And essentially what those exercises do, what the goal is, is to start logically combining these triads together and all the different qualities of triads together while opening up our instrument and trying to expand our knowledge and our abilities in navigating our instruments. Now, in order to understand how these exercises work, you have to understand what inversions are, what chord inversions are. Now, in case you're not familiar already, I'm going to catch everybody up to speed, talk about what they are really quick. When you have a chord that starts with the root in the bass, now for the C triad, the major triad I gave you, it's C, E, G, that's called root position because it starts, the bass note starts with the root of the chord C. Now, if you moved up that C to the top of the chord and made the bass note the second note of the of the triad, which would be the third, right? That'd be E. So now the chord is spelt E, G, C. That's still a C major triad, but now it's what we call first inversion. So we brought the bass note, the C, up to the top of the chord. Now it's the last note played in the very top, and the bass note is now the third E. So let's listen really quickly to the root position, hear what that sounds like, and then I'm going to play the first inversion. That's root, now here's first. If you're listening closely, you can hear that top note C uh, get moved up there. Now, if we want to do what we call a second inversion, 
then what we're doing is we're making the fifth the bass note, right? So now we have the, the chord is structured G, C, E. Now let's listen to that second version. For triads, these are the only inversions we can do because there's only three notes in the chord. Now, if we're doing a, a seventh chord, there's four notes, so we can actually move on to third inversion. But we're just going to cover triads today. Let me uh, play for you really quick what all those sound like right next to each other. Now, why are inversions important? As jazz improvisers, we need to be able to transition from chord to chord effortlessly. So of course, if you're you're an accompanist, the benefits of inversions are obvious. But using triad inversions in your single note lines is equally beneficial. It's it's often not practical or musical to use a triad or any chord starting on the root note. Okay, so if you if the melodic line you're playing lands on the next chord, you want to know where the nearest chord tone is and how to outline it. This could mean that you fall on the third of the next chord, not the root, right? And you want to know what the other chord tones are in relation to that note. And that's why inversions are important. And that's exactly what this next exercise starts to work on. So this first exercise, it switches between a C major triad and an F major, major triad. So we've already talked about what a C major triad is. It's C, E, G. Now what's an F major triad? It's F, A, C. A is the third. C is the fifth. So now we know how to construct those two triads. The question is, how do we, how do we connect them together? So in this exercise, what we're going to do, we're going to start in the root position of C, and we're going to go up the triad, and then we're going to hit the next possible note in the F major triad and go down that triad. Then we're going to go to the next possible note going up to the C major triad and move up that triad, find the next possible note in the F triad and move back down. Now this is where the show notes could be a little helpful for you today, but if you listen, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. I'm gonna play the exercise for you right away just so you can hear what I'm talking about. Now this time signature for this exercise is 6-8. That makes sense because triads are only three beats each, so that's the appropriate time signature for this one. Now I know that went by especially fast, and if you're not looking on the show notes, that could have been even a little bit confusing. So let's break this down for a second. I just want to talk about the first two triad movements. Okay, so I'm going to play just those first two for you really quick. So like I already said, that first C major triad is in root position. So the notes are going to be C, E, G. But then I reach for the next high, the, the closest note that I can in the F major triad a step higher. And that note would be A because the last note we landed on in the C major triad was G, the fifth. The next closest note that we can relate to that's up a step higher would be A. Now again, what is A as it relates to F, the root, it's the third. So we're starting on the third and we're gonna walk down the triad now. So now the notes go A, goes down to F, which is the root, 
and then it ends with the bass note on the fifth, C. So if the bass note is the fifth, what inversion is that? That's the question. If the fifth's in the bass, that means that it's in second inversion. Okay, now listen to these rules. If you follow this, you'll know exactly what inversion every single one of these is in every single time. Here's the rule. If the root is in the bass, which in this case would be C or F, it is in root position. We know that. If the third is in the bass, in this case it'd be E for the C major and A for the F major, it is in first position. If the fifth is in the bass, in this case G for the C and C for the F, it's in second inversion. And if you follow that rule, if you look at the bass note, every single time you'll see what inversion it's in. All right, now let's listen to those second two sets of, of triads just to continue off from where we left on and talk a little bit about that. That first triad is a C major triad again. And of course, it's just coming from that F major triad we, would just, we just went down to. So what was the next possible note from that last F major triad, which we ended on the C note, the fifth? The next one is E. That's the next note in that we can reach in C. So E is what? It's the third in C major. And we just talked about when the third's in the bass, it is first inversion. So now we're playing a first inversion C major triad. It goes E, G, C. Now we're going to the F. What's the next, the nearest note that we can play in the F major triad? Well, it's C as well. So they both share that note, those notes in the chord. So now we're starting on C. It's going down C, A. A is the third of F and down to F. So F is in the bass. So what inversion is this? Well, it's not an inversion. It's root position. And then you just go on from there. That's how the exercise works. Now, once we get to bar five, we actually start going down. So instead of going to the nearest chord tone up, we go to the nearest chord tone down. Again, if you're on the show notes, that's super clear. If not, I think you're hopefully getting the idea just by listening to it. So let's just talk about another set of chords for a second. So that was C to F, which you could think of that as a one to four chord progression. Let's do a one to five chord progression. So we're gonna do C major triad and a G major triad. Listen to what this sounds like, exact same concept, exact same type of exercise. Now, again, that's going by pretty fast, but it's that same concept of just walking up the root inversion of C, going to the next possible note in the G major triad. And what are the notes in a G major triad? Well, it's G, B, and D. That's the notes in the G major triad. That's the first place to start. It's just defining what notes are in each triad. And then it's just simply connecting from the nearest Note that you can going up and then working down and then going back up the next and going back down the following triad and just going in that kind of direction. Now, how does this help us? Well, we're connecting these chords together, these triads together, knowing where the next possible note is. Now, that's going to really help you start to explore your instrument and know where you're at in your instrument so that when you actually start improvising, that stuff isn't a question mark for you. 
You know, if you're if you're playing a line, but you're trying to connect it to the five chord, well, you know where the next note that you want to play is. It's just mapping out your instrument, being able to navigate it better. Now, in the book, we go through every single quality of triad, every single quality of, of seventh chord as well, and connecting them to different uh, combinations of chords and then combining different combinations of qualities of triads and chord and seventh chords. Um, so just so you can hear what the possibilities on this are, here's the last exercise, the last triad exercise in the book, which basically combines all of the different uh, triad qualities together. And so the chord progression is a one, a sharp one diminished, and then a two chord and a five chord. So in the key of C, the one chord is C major. The one, the sharp one diminished is C sharp diminished triad. The two chord is D minor. Two chords are always minor. And then the five chord is G augmented. We make the five chord in this case augmented to cover all of the four qualities of triads. So give this a quick listen. Now, keep in mind, this is just triads. This is even seventh chords yet. And you could really hear the the music coming out, right? And this is just the skeleton. We're not even playing the melodies yet. This is just the skeleton of these chord progressions. And you can hear the music coming out of them. And that's the power of doing these kinds of exercises and using triads. And again, triads, they're the foundation of every chord. And that's why we start there. Too many musicians look past triads. They go straight to the seventh chords. Oh, they're more interesting. Oh, they're more quote unquote jazzy. I hate that term. Uh, but start with the triads. And that's what this is all about. So I really encourage you to work on some of this stuff. Again, go to the show notes. I have all these exercises notated out for you to practice, to work on. Ultimately, I really hope that you get our book, Zero to Improv. Go to zerotoimprov.com. I really know you're going to benefit from this book. Okay, that's all for today's show. I want to thank you so much for listening and taking the time. And I hope you really got a lot out of today's episode. And remember, you can find the show notes at learnjazzstandards.com. Go to podcast in the top menu and find this episode 58. That's where all of those exercises from today are living at for you to practice. And if you've been listening to this show for a while and you just want to give back, a real simple way you can do that is just go to iTunes and leave us a rating and a review. That helps other people find the show and it just really helps us out. And if you could take the time to do that, that would be amazing. And remember, make sure that you pick up our brand new ebook, Zero to Improv, How to Become a Great Jazz Improviser from the Ground Up. You can go and find that at www.zerotoimprov.com. All right, we're going to be coming out with episode 59 next week. I'll see you then. Hey. 
Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.